Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. If storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now, it's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but... Ultimately, it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like... <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're back again for another episode of the Big O Belt Wrestling Podcast. This is your host, Chambers, here, along with uh, the crew, giant, the giant crab Jamal. We got D-Wayne in the house and... Uh, Dr. M returning back from his tour in Germany. How's uh how's everybody doing today? Doing pretty good. Mark Jamal. Today. today. <laughs> um. Uh oh. I I'm not hearing you, Jamal. So let me know something. I know you're there, but I'm not hearing you, brother. Bear with us real quick as we work out some technical difficulties real fast. Um, you're on mute. All right, well, I, I'm sure he'll get it all figured out, but um, okay, okay, I got the message. Um, but anyway, yeah, like I said, we're back again for another episode. Um, a lot of lot of interesting things to bring up this week, as usual. Um, there's always good stuff to talk about in wrestling. A lot of positive stuff, uh, which is also very great. And a lot of things to speculate as we head into um, the road to SummerSlam. But um, before we start there, let's cover some, which is, happens to really be the reality of wrestling now. The universe where Mish Martial Arts and WWE exist. Uh, we've seen it in the past, Conor McGregor calling out wrestling fans. Uh, we've seen, um, as far as boxing, we've seen Floyd Mayweather actually in the ring. And um, a lot of um, WWE talent who's was successful in both sports. But, I mean, we're talking about another fantasy match to happen. John Jones this weekend just uh, beat DC to regain his, sort of say, forfeited light heavyweight championship in UFC which was a, a really good match. Um, very, very, very good to see John Jones back. A very emotional speech for him afterwards for both him and DC. But before he was, before he left Octagon, he called out Brock Lesnar. And I was extremely shocked that he took this route. But I mean, in, in the world we're living in now, this is, this is it. Everybody's calling out these big fantasy matches that you least suspect. I mean, granted, next month, we get Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor in a boxing match. Who would have ever, ever thought this was really going to go down? But Brock Lesnar versus John Jones, but Brock Lesnar also re-entering into the, um, the the blood sampling pool. He's been suspended for a year from his last fight with Mark Hunt. Um, but he's re-entering for eligibility to return to the octagon, which he's also been speculated to doing so as well, too. So, you know, Brock Lesnar responded to John Jones as well on Twitter and said, like, you know, uh, you know, basically watch, uh, watch your mouth, little boy. Like, you know, you never know what may happen. Um, and granted, he is little because John Jones uh, gives up about twenty, about twenty pounds to Brock Lesnar. Uh, maybe not right now, but you know, Brock Lesnar is UFC weight gives up about like twenty weight. Seventy pounds, about seventy pounds. So, I mean, look, 
Is this is this something you guys are interested in? Of course. <laughs> I would pay to see I, it. I would, I would see it. I mean, you got practically pound for pound the best MMA fighter in the world versus uh, attraction. Why why wouldn't I be interested? We can already um, confirm that Brock Lesnar is one of the biggest draws. I mean, besides Conor McGregor, who hasn't had a, a bag bigger than him since Brock Lesnar, it was the highest-paid UFC fighter um, after that fight with Mark Hunt. Steroids or not, he's an attraction, as you said. And everybody, that's what people want to see now. They want to see these fantasy matches. Jamal? Yeah, the problem I have is I don't know who Jim Jones is. Um, John I don't watch him, whatever his name is. Um, John, Jim Jones is rapping somewhere in New York. Um, right. Uh, whoever the dipset is, uh, that you know, he. I don't know who he is. I don't care. Um, I'm bored in general with Lesnar. He doesn't do anything for me anymore. Uh, so to call him an, an attraction, what makes Brock Lesnar so special? We've seen him do exactly what he's going to do. It's not like Brock Lesnar's going to pull out like a 450 centaur or anything like that, you know, out of his hat. Um, and if he goes to UFC, then I don't, I don't watch it anyway. I don't, I'm, I'm completely ignorant of the uh, MMA world. And if Lesnar goes there, cool, I, I guess. I, I won't see it. Uh, Marcus. Uh, I, I think I'm gonna side with with D Wayne here. I I would love to see the match, um, not because I think it would be you know, a, a great match or an instant classic, but just the spectacle of it. I mean, just seeing Brock Lesnar and John Jones in the in the same octagon, that's going to be enough to draw many people to pay boatloads of money. So I think just the spectacle is what is what's going to be the the it factor for this match. I mean, we're talking about Brock Lesnar making Wucho's record-breaking $2.5 million against this fight with Mark Hunt, who, you know, the uncasual... Any type of combat sports fan may not know who that is, but we're talking about John Jones, who's arguably the best UFC fighter currently fighting and could make an argument of maybe all time against a person who just grossed the highest purse in UFC history. There is a draw here. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not just because I don't think UFC fans is ultimately want to see it, but I mean, you're bringing the best of both worlds. You're bringing the wrestling fans over and you're bringing the John Jones followings. And John Jones has been screwing up for about a year, some change from hit and run, uh, his hit and run incident to um, failed drug test. He just can't get it together. And miraculously, he still comes up on top, still draws the big crowd. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely interested to see this, especially with the weight comparisons, too. I mean, that's light heavyweight versus the heavyweight. I mean, it happens, but we're talking about two of the best at their weights coming, to, coming together. This, it will be interesting for sure. Easily the, high, easily the highest grossing MMA fight ever. Easily. Yeah, I, I and I, like the question that I have is, as a person that doesn't know MMA, why would I want to see this match? Like, I'm I can't think of a legitimate reason why I would want to see Brock Lesnar versus Jerry Jones. Uh, <laughs> you know, a person that I don't know. Or follow, like like his accomplishments don't resonate with me because I have no reference with him. So what makes him this spectacle and this draw? E easy. I mean, one, he's been through the adversity. He bounced back. Everybody loves a story like that. 
Um, two, he's a light heavyweight. <laughs> so if you're not really a casual type of, I don't like MMA styles and the different types of uh, uh, of of um, martial arts that there is. John Jones is a striker by day easily. And wait, wait, wait. Like, wait, wait. So basically, this is Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio. No, and, no. <laughs> this is, actually, this is, actually. There's a very good chance Brock Lesnar might get knocked out. Very good chance. <laughs> very good chance. I mean, this is this is not no this is not no fluffed up hype match between Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor, where like they're entering different realms. Uh, somebody's entering a different realm of sports, uh, a, a sporting. These are two Ashley UFC fighters, two different weight classes, two of the two of the most profound weight classes. And these matches between light heavyweights and heavyweights, they typically don't go past a third round. So you're talking about a champion, um, depending on which weight they fight at, um, may, may be a five round UFC fight. It's not going that far. It may go to the end of the it may go to the end of the first at the very, very max. So I I'm I'm extremely excited to see what happens. I mean, granted, the only problem is we have to wait about a year because Brock Lesnar suspended. But there's money to be made there, and my butt would be in the seat watching it somewhere. I'm excited to happen because you could potentially see Brock Lesnar get laid out. I mean, he has shown that if you land a good punch on him, he can't take it. Yeah. He's been knocked out in his past. Uh, boy, that's kind, that's kind of how he retired the first time. He uh, went in there. I think it was Kane Velasquez, I think it was. Um, nah, it took I, th- a... I, thought it was, I thought it was Alistair Overeem. I can't remember that because Alistair Overing also hasn't been very good for a while and steroids as well as his past, but he kind of, um, he's bounced back as well too. I got, I'm going to look that up later, but it, nonetheless, that's a good match to be seen. And I think my, 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 my um, selling to you, Jamal is, I mean, you're just looking at somebody who's good in their prime that this fight can happen when it should happen against two star names in UFC and John Jones all over the world that, immediately is going to be inserted to, to become a match because there is no really big stars right now left in UFC. John Jones, Ronda Rousey, who's pretty much out, and Conor McGregor, who's, I, I don't even know what his next venture is. I doubt if we see him back in the octagon considering that the type of money he's going to get from his boxing match, and he knows he can command more. So John Jones is your star for the UFC. He is the front man of UFC right now, and this is not won't be a wrestling match. This would be a striking blow no longer than two rounds. Very, 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 very matched, period. Um, but And I think um, personalities are key to this match, too. I mean, if you, th- if you think about John Jones and Brock Lesnar, both those guys are very polarizing, right? Uh, you go on YouTube and find any interview with John Jones, and you can see why he has a cult following, but also there's many people that want to punch him in the face. <laughs> same, with, same with Brock Lesnar, right? He even though Heyman does his talking for him, right? But same with him. There are people that love him, that, you know, salivate whenever he's in the ring. And then there are people that just crave seeing him get his butt kicked, right? And so just that together, I mean, the crowd, the crowd is going to be great if that match ever happens. Not, and also, too, just to reiterate on that a little bit, too, Brock Lesnar being a wrestler as well, a lot of people in the UFC didn't take to that because they didn't like the reality of something that's real versus something that's kind of scripted being meshed up together. Even though it's been done for years, but this new generation of UFC fans did not take a liking to it, thus putting a mark on Brock Lesnar's head saying, I want to see this guy get knocked out and sit back to the UFC. 
this is what CM Punk is suffering from right now. And no, CM Punk is being scheduled to make an appear- another fight in 2017, but we're not going to talk about that tonight. How did, how did his other fight go? Not good. <laughs> not good. Not good at all. Um, so moving forward, going into SummerSlam, I mean, right now we have a women's match for the uh, Raw Women's Championship between Alessa Bliss and Bailey, And I'm just wondering, do you guys think, like, is this really, like, the right match for SummerSlam? Like, is this really, should this really be booked for this? And, you know, with how things are taken to with the internet, with legitimate views and with a legitimate energy put behind it, why isn't Sasha Banks put into this slot, considering that Sasha is really, she really has her target on Lesser Bliss as far as not just her as a wrestler, but more, more or less her as a, uh, her as a person. Um, about um, how she plays this little fairy tale girl that's like blah blah blah. I grew up to watch her wrestling. She's really coming at that. She does. She thinks it's re- really ingenuine. But again, do you think that Bailey versus Alexa Bliss is the right match? Do you think this match is actually going to happen? Considering Bailey just took an injury, uh, what do you make of this? Well, I guess the first thing is if Bailey's injury is legitimate and she will be out for some time, then okay. Where do you go from here? The WWE, especially on the Raw side, seems to only manage one big feud at a time, and everyone else seems to be in a holding pattern. And unfortunately, that's SummerSlam is two or three weeks away, and we don't really have any clear-cut storylines going forward. Uh, because Alexa Bliss and Bailey don't, it really doesn't need to happen. They could insert really anyone in there. Who's champion of Bliss? They could insert anyone in there, and it'd be you know decent. Um, I think because it is SummerSlam, and it is a big deal. It's you know the arguably the second biggest show of the year. I would like to see the stakes raised a bit. Um, but there's been no talk of a cage match or a ladder match or anything like that. You know, um, and we saw how well they did with the stipulation of a hardcore match back at Extreme Rules. So, oof. but with that said, is this the right move? Well, yes and no. We know that Bailey can have a decent match, and Bliss shows flashes of brilliance also. But they're not doing anything with Bailey creatively. That's not maybe not entirely her fault. So I would I, I think that if she, if the injury is a work, and she'll just come back and do what she needs to do at SummerSlam. Okay, but let's see her take that character and evolve it into something else, and and go with that. Or I, I guess the better question is. Do we turn Bailey heel, and and how do we do that, Marcus? Uh, I think it's the wrong match for sure, um, it, mainly because of some of the points uh, Jamal just raised. Bailey, I think, great wrestler, obviously, and we know she can put on a great match. But I've long thought that her gimmick ha- has gotten stale. I mean, she still has her hardcore fans, mostly children, that. Um, you know, cheer loudly for her, but I don't think the the feud she had with Alexa Bliss did her any good, so I don't see the point in having them fight again. Uh, I think Sasha is the much better choice, especially considering what appears to be some actual heat between the two, if we believe some of the the rumors that have been out there, and if we put much into the, the Twitter back and forth between the two. I think that would be a much better, much more intense match. Um, solid heel in Alexa Bliss, um, solid favorite in, in Sasha Banks, and I think they, if given the amount, right amount of time, would put on a great match. 
So um, yeah, I don't I don't agree with Bailey Alexa. Yes, it could be a good match, but I don't think it's the right call. D Wayne, let me throw this question at you. Do you feel that Alexa Bliss may be the biggest woman uh, superstar on Raw draw currently? Currently, um, if that's a good question, and she's close, I still think that Sasha would draw more than her. I think that if you let Sasha off her leash, off her leash, because you can tell that creative guy has her on the leash right now. It would be no comparison. And with that being said, because Sasha obviously is is a phenomenal superstar, arguably could be one of the best wrestlers in the company. And Alessa Bliss still developing, hasn't really put on that really marquee match that we're looking for. But people like her, thus making her a draw. So, you know, that's why she's in this spotlight, because um, she's phenomenal on mic. Um, but, you know, as far as SummerSlam, that's what you want. You want your draw. And I, I, and I agree. I think Sasha should be in the spotlight. Uh, barely but, is feeling a little flat. The, the, issue, the issue right now is that, and I can see where it's coming from, they didn't want two heels in that match. Because I, I personally think Sasha's better as a heel. If you have her as a heel, it'll be heel versus heel. So I can see why they moved that match, but I don't like it. Yeah, and I and, and you know, moving on to our next point, Sasha, you know, really legitimized her heelish in uh Raw Talk, basically calling out um Alessa Bliss again again. And it just lets you know, like, you know, she's not able to do that in the ring. And this is why like stuff like Raw Talk and Talking Smack was useful because people get a chance to put their characters over and show a side that you may not get to see in the ring, especially how women's segments are always being cut. You know, or fluctuate. Sometimes we get a three or four segment women's night. Sometimes we get barely one. So, um, with that being said, with Talking Smack being taken off the network, and it was used as an outlet for wrestlers, and you know, other times and and uh, and other talenters that basically get their characters over and go off the script. What do you guys think could be other ideas and methods or replacements for this? absence of talking smack and so on well i actually thought about that a lot um i never watched talking smack or raw talk or you know after dark or whatever the hell they have um just because I, I just don't care but if it was an outlet uh they do have the youtube thing where they follow behind the stage uh why isn't that a live show um, during the draft last year on SmackDown and Raw, they had the live picks. But on the WWE Network, they had a Sports Center like uh, NBA draft like show that complemented what was going on on live TV. Maybe not for the entire three hours, but maybe the last half hour of Raw, uh, you can get caught up with uh, you know, what's happening on the show. And then maybe some insight and behind the scenes thing. Now, obviously, that would take viewers away from your main event, or it can add a second screen experience that WWE has really yet to uh, uh, utilize with the network. Uh, Dr. M, your remarks on that? Uh, it's a tough question. I don't, it's something I have to think more about, but I think something that has been successful is 
some of the superstars that have kind of been able to branch off from anything connected to WWE Network and do their own thing. Prime example being what Xavier Woods has been able to do with Up, Up, Down, Down. Now, of course, his is focused on video games. But in my opinion, there's been more character development on there um, and more insight into the people employed in WWE through his channel than there's been in some of the stuff WWE has produced. And so I just wonder if, I mean, if we think back to the days when Zack Ryder was on his way out and he kind of catapulted himself with his own um, YouTube show, I just wonder if maybe that's the way to go for uh, other superstars, right? Maybe not everybody had their own individual show, right? But have more stuff, you know, like up, up, down, down, but maybe focused on some other hobby or something just to give people more insight into the characters, right? If WWE doesn't want the production costs associated with Talking Smack or any of these other shows, then put more initiative into the hands of the superstars themselves. Um, we have seen, like I said before, that it can be successful, right? Uh, I just wish more superstars would do it. But, but I think there, there lies the problem. Um, if Talking Smack did tremendous in the ratings, um, if the uh, uh, everything else that they tried to do, Ride Along and other stuff caught on, and it brought subscribers to the network, then we wouldn't have this problem. But the real is, is that it didn't. I mean, as much as people want to uh, lament over uh, Talking Smack and Raw Talk and the pre-shows and all that stuff, um, we weren't seeing the revenue stream coming in. And I think that Vince also doesn't like something that he doesn't can't mold creatively. It's something that's mm -hmm. out of his um, you know, grasp. And though, luckily, Up, Up, Down, Down doesn't feature storylines per se because, you know, the Usos are prominently featured on their show, even though they're in a, a feud right now. So that's something that shouldn't happen. Um, and even still, Jericho's podcast and stuff like that, they canceled the Edge and Christian show. They're not doing Steve Austin's podcast anymore for un uh, unrelated reasons. But the idea is that they've given yes, some of their more um, uh, noteworthy personalities the ability to branch out. And because of these recent string of budget cuts, they're pulling them back. But I can't just say, like they did with uh, the parody uh, Talking Smack, well, just give them a camera and put it on Periscope, and you have five minutes to make it work. Um, that's not the same thing. They're fooling themselves if they think it is. I'm, I, I'm just going to just ask this question, straight up answer. <laughs> I'm really, I, the, the tout thing still hasn't sat on me correct. Like, from last week, I can't even believe it was still right. alive. Is that realistically a solution here? Straight up, yes or no? No. No, I mean, I mean, their their YouTube channel has 17 million uh, subscribers. Um, I do. I honestly think that if they wanted a scripted thing, they could definitely go live on YouTube, uh, you know, for a half hour or so, and have one of the the uh, brunettes run around backstage and see if they can, you know, grab people for a word. It doesn't have to be. Um, uh, it's kind of like the the, um, the Oscars uh, post game show or or the NFL post game show. The game is over and they go back down to the field to see who they can grab. If they can do something like that between you know ten and you know whatever um, SmackDown ends and eleven, just after eleven, 
that is something that can give people just a little bit more. But I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they're willing to do that because you know production cost. I like that idea idea a lot. I would almost prefer something like that over these what seem to be becoming more and more generic kickoff shows that we have before the pay-per-views now. I would prefer if we had like a, a 15 or 20 minute segment on the network or on YouTube before before Raw, before SmackDown, before a pay-per-view where instead of we us seeing, you know, four people sitting at a table talking at us for an hour, you know, have Renee Young or um, Charlie, whatever her name is on Raw, right. have them sort of roaming around backstage getting interviews and, you know, filming people coming into the arena and getting quick words with them. I think that would be much better, actually. Right. Um, or, or if they tape it throughout the show and just release it to YouTube or the network after the show ends, obviously that would impact the, you know, the main event or something like that. And, the, you know, logistically, that could be problematic. But yeah, I mean, 20 minutes after Raw ends, you have like after Raw or whatever, or just outsource it. Um, Renee Young came from a podcast-like show in Canada on Sportsnet or whatever it was called back then. And then, you know, after Buzz and all that stuff, you know, there are people that do this for free. Us, for example, Vince, if you're watching, you know. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that, that's, that's a thing that could happen. There are other ways to reach uh, things, but I just think that the A, um, they need to get the hell out of town, uh, closing up shop, and B, it doesn't fit within the uh, the script, the creative control that they have that Vince wants to keep a little bit closer to the chest. You know what? And this, this so I can wrap up this topic too. You know, at this point too, I do like the you know to have a perspective of um, just a person being able to get their character over. Besides just Twitter, Twitter is very useful, uh, more useful than I ever thought it would be using it throughout the years of, of um views i mean i mean the hills within the last two years have taken it to the next level i mean kevin owens has been the epitome of how to use a twitter as your ultimate weapon to get yourself over he legitimately puts himself as a family man but he doesn't take he doesn't take any debt from a fan thus he does the same thing at house shows which i was first exposed to and then he does it in real shows and i mean that i mean that's but, but to be but to be completely fair Kevin Owens' character allows that, right? Because no. what, would Bray, what would Bray Wyatt's Twitter be? You know, right. look, at, look at Luke Harper's Twitter. It's it doesn't make any sense. I got you. I, I get it. Uh, um, Luke Harper's <laughs> Bray Wyatt's Twitter would be epic. Luke Harper's Twitter actually is very scary because he repeats the same thing every single day, and it is it really much makes me feel that. He doesn't have a bot or anything running. I legitimately think he does that every single day, and it's super weird. And uh, Dr. M definitely put a hit out, or uh, not a hit out on, a, cert a spotlight out for him, wondering where he was one day when he did not tweet. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, I hope he's okay. But no, I mean, like, at this point now, use whatever social media you, you guys got is will be my suggestions. If they're going to take away a legitimate WWE um, programming for you on the network, which is doing cuts, I would say use your Periscope, use Twitch, which is opening for anything. Use your YouTube channels because you're going to have a following regardless. I mean, people like Dean Ambrose, who never tweets, people like Elias Sampson's, who never tweets, have millions of followers because people know who they are. You don't think if they start a channel that people won't do the same thing? And, you know, to the point of just putting yourself over for two minutes in some type of video or something after a match, people will watch it. And I think it would be a great thing. I like talking smack because. 
you you do you do more or less get a humanized feel for people, but yet you still get to see them, uh, you know, develop their character in a ways that they wouldn't do in the ring. Baron Corbin is absolutely the epitome of that for, as well for me because I feel like his character didn't have really direction at a point, but he came out there and he kept cutting good promos and it was intriguing. So, um, moving on to the next topic. Uh, so the main young classic, which I really, really, really cannot wait for it to get released. Um, and it's going to be the most, spe- I think it's going to be one of the most spectacular things ever once all the episodes are out, but something about th- something from the main young classic that was rumor and, you know, just videos and stuff. If you, um, really search on Twitter and stuff for, and also WWE's Twitter page and YouTube channel also validates this as well. Ronda Rousey made an appearance there. And Ronda Rousey has been on WWE's radar for a while. Um, considering that the rumors is for her to be re- retiring soon, Dana White saying that he doesn't think she's going to get back in the octagon again. Um, she very much, very well much has a fast lane to WrestleMania. We'll get to that in a second. But she was there to support one of the four horsewomen of MMA, Sanaya Blazer, who, um, you know, she showed her, she showed her support for her there. And if you, like I said, search on the internet, you've seen that there was a confrontation between the four horsewomen of MMA and the four horsewomen of WWE. I think minus Sasha Banks was there, or maybe Becky Lynch. I can't remember. But um, yeah, so allegedly there was a confrontation between it between uh, the eight of them. And I'm just wondering, do you guys think, by any means, that? This may end up being a WrestleMania match, or will is something? What do, what do we make of this competition in the first place? Well, I think it's a great tease for one. Um, it, I mean, if Vince is able to pull this off, <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> off to him, right? Uh, I mean, I I hope he can pull it off. I think it would be a great WrestleMania match, and uh, that would make me even more excited you know, that I already am to head to New Orleans in, in April, right? Um, it seems like it would just take pulling a lot of strings to make that happen, though, with, you know, the MMA connections and whatnot. But, man, I mean, as much as we can criticize Vince for a million things, you can't deny that when he wants to put something into motion, he does it. And if he's actually putting this into emotion, into motion, I think, I think it, it can be great. Mm. Crab. I wish I knew. I wish I knew who these people were. Okay, well, I, I'll say this: you know the four horsewomen of WWE. That's easy. Right. You know who Ronda Rousey is because we're not going to play this game. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, no, I do know who she is. She was in Mission Impossible. And uh, Fast and Furious too. Wait, was she in Mission Impossible? Or was that Fast and the Furious? She was, she was definitely in Mission Impossible. She's definitely in. Uh, Fast and the Furious because uh, Michelle Rodriguez beat her in that. How impossible was that? And then the one person, um, she's in the Man Young Classic. So we are going to see, we will see her. And, um, you know, from the stuff I've seen on Twitter, she's had phenomenal matches. Is what I'm saying. It was what I'm reading. So we know she advances to some, to some, to some extent. Uh, and then the other, you know, the other two, they'll, they'll, they'll come along. But I, I, I think obviously there's money to be made here. They've been wanting Ronda Rousey on the radar for a while. If, like like uh, Dr. M said, if this can be pulled off, this may be spectacular to 
all types of stardom levels, period. Uh, D-Wayne, what's your take on this? I'm kind of iffy. Like, do I really want to see this? Um, will it be a draw? Yeah, it's a big money draw. I mean, of course, but let's see it. How about how about this? Chris Cyborg, another MMA slash UFC fighter, has been trolling Becky Lynch for months now about how she wants to wrestle her at SummerSlam. I mean, to coming up with promo um, uh, promo posters and everything, which looks really good. Uh, Chris Cyborg, which a lot of people may not know, is Ronda Rousey's maybe worst nightmare because she was tracking ronda for years trying to get a fight just trolling this girl i mean she arguably has been uh failing some drug tests and she's she's a pretty scary woman but she's calling out becky lynch and becky lynch is, is like bring it bro so <laughs> i mean this is the reality like i said in the beginning of the show ufc and wwe are just are just interlocking by all means <laughs> is that even do we mean scary in like in a nicole bass kind of a way Oh, that's a good question. Because <laughs> I, I don't know who she is, so. I mean, she's not, like, physically, like, she doesn't have, like, the physical intimidation of Nicole Bass, but she's vicious like Nicole Bass, if that makes any sense. All right. But she's she's no joke. This Like, she's really no joke. And I really, like, I love Becky. Everybody knows that. But... <laughs> I, I wouldn't even, first of all, I thought the only match for Chris Sabo was Ronda Rousey when she was at her peak. Now, um, and it will have to be Amanda Nunes at some point. But other than that, I'm not seeing, I, I really don't want to see her around anybody else because she's going to beat up on these girls. She is physically dominating if she can stay clean. But I mean, just for the sake but of she calling Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> but if it was able to happen, would you be interested in seeing Becky Lynch in another MMA fighter for SummerSlam? I would not want to see that match. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like like Two Chains, I I respect Becky Lynch. I think she's a wonderful addition to WWE. But Chris Cyborg would destroy her. <laughs> I, I don't think it would be entertaining. So uh, no, I wouldn't want to see it. I'm going to say no in general because I don't know who the other lady is, and Becky Lynch is not entertaining at all. And, and I guess Dwayne, you're, you're also saying like no too, right? I don't think you gave a, a definitive answer, but I really just don't care. Like it's it's like your it's like your you know it's like a woman against the teenage boy who, <laughs> <laughs> who's going through puberty and getting all this stress because you know that's that's the type of pill she takes. I, I, um, look. The defense I'm gonna give for Becky Lynch here, and I don't know how much this is worth, but her her boyfriend is a UFC fighter, and I can assure you that there must be some form of training going on behind the scenes to some extent. I'm not gonna say that legitimizes her to being in octagon, but I mean she's I don't think she's totally wet behind the ears if it came down to some type of grappling match. But I mean she's trying to work a, a WWE match, and I think Chris Cyborg needs to do something like this in order to like put herself over as a star. Because she does the work in the octagon, but her name alone doesn't resonate on the casual fan at all. Um, moving on to the next topic, I mean, <laughs> this is another this is another one of those like top uh, uh, topics that we kind of been talking about over the months. But 
I think we're at a point right now where we really, really, really to iron out something. Because I think at the SummerSlam, something is going to happen. But I'm talking about Enzo Amore, Amore. And ultimately, what is his future with the WWE? And how and where uh, would you consider him to be an asset for the company? An, an asset? I mean, I guess people like him enough to buy a shirt. But other than that... I don't know. Mm. That's it. Fair enough. <laughs> Talk to him. Uh, I think merchandise-wise, he's an asset for sure. Um, I think Vince likes anyone who can who can bring more money to the company. And yeah, you look in the audience every week, and you see plenty of people with his wigs or his shirt. So um, he's got something going for him there. Fortunately. I'm going to make a bold prediction that Enzo Amore will not be employed in WWE by the end of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, what do you do with him? He he's getting killed on Raw every week. Um, <laughs> yes, he can do he can do very good promos. Um, he has that going for him for sure. But I mean, the in ring work just isn't there. Even when he was with Cass, like he was outshined. Um, I don't think sending him to NXT would do any good, especially with the caliber of talent that um, is coming into NXT now with people like Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Um, I think, who was it, Rosenberg? One of those guys that does podcasts suggested uh, him going to 205 Live, um, which was, is an interesting possibility. I think it would add some spark to, to that show. But again, those guys on 205 would outwork him. And so... I, I don't see how he would be employed by the end of next year. I see it. <clears throat> you made a great point, Doctor. Him going to two hundred five live. I got a better point coming. And the reason why I say that is because he has one key feature that a lot of people who are good wrestlers don't have: his ability to do a promo. Ability to do a promo and drag people into it. Is going to push him a little farther than what we think he, what we think. So I do see him going to a cruiserweight. I mean, he's the cruiserweight anyway. We, that's something we know. So why not? And bring some popularity to that division. So my thing with going to 205 Live is that essentially still puts you on Raw <laughs> throughout the week. And not only just that, 205 Live, I'm sure, is under the ticking top, the ticking clock for being another victim of the WWE budget cuts. That's ultimately meaning that he ultimately ends up back on Raw. <laughs> so at this point, if 205 Live doesn't have a destination or a home when the cruiserweights um, end up being whatever, back in another shakeup or whatever it may be, for the stars in 205 Live that's looking for a breakout, it works for them because it inserts them into all weight classes, I would assume. But somebody mm-hmm. who also is already on roll, who hasn't had a purchase, getting murdered each week, um, getting thrown off the WWE bus, getting in troubles with uh, making, I don't know, TMZ or the news or the BuzzFeed for uh, a run-in with a stripper. Um, it's not, it's not a lot going on around for him good besides his merch. So, at this point, my bold prediction is that I don't see him being on WWE after 2017. 
I almost want to say SummerSlam for hiatus and then ultimately his contract being uh, over. But I don't see him after 2017 for sure. I just don't see a future for the guy. I see it. Like I said, one reason is ability to promo, too. His ability to sell merch. Well, and, and if he leaves WWE, I'll throw this around to everybody for a quick, solid answer. Where's his destination? Where's his next destination? Indies. Be more specific. Uh, um, some local scene. I, I mean, ROH isn't going to take him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, well, I guess I could see Impact or G, what is it called? Now? GFW? TNA? Depending on what day of the week oh. it is. Shout out to Hootie. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I could see them possibly taking Enzo because, I mean, they seem to take everyone who leaves WWE. Um, but. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think he would he would go on the local indie scene somewhere, probably up in um, New England, wherever he's from. Uh, I see him working at a Champ Sports at Staten Island Mall. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just don't see. I don't see like his gimmick doesn't convince me enough to think that like this guy um, can hold put a program together with another with another wrestler. Like, what what is his gimmick? Because whatever he did, Zack Ryder did it better already. I mean, if that if that whole New York thing or whatever, Cass is doing it, and Zack Ryder did it better. I, so he hasn't built himself as a wrestler, um, somebody that can like actually go in the ring. So he's unproven there. And I think that his name, assuming that we still believe in the theory that NXT is the minor leagues, um, he does go to the Indies. Which okay, fine, he does. He needs a complete makeover, and he needs to not go as Enzo Amore. He needs to go as a geisha girl or something, something radically. <laughs> I, I don't care what it is. I don't care if he's out there in later hosing, but he needs to do something totally different because I think that this uh, this gimmick in WWE, because of the fact that he's not backing it up with wins and rest, you know, through the wrestling, is kind of uh, growing stale. Same thing with Bailey. Everybody loved her when she won. As soon as she got on the downturn, it's like, well, how can you be so damn optimistic when you literally just lost to, you know, uh, Dana Brooke? Why? How are you confident? Why, why are you still hugging people? You lost to Dana Brooke. I don't want to hug you anymore. I, so uh, I have not. I, I just, I I just have I don't see it. I, I think that he's still going to leave the company. I think that they're they going to find some place for him. I, I do think that they'll give him like a. Um, He'll do something in WWE because of the fact that they don't want to, uh, his revenue stream to go anywhere else. But what that will be, I don't know. Maybe he'll host like a, um, a, a shoe podcast on the YouTube channel or <laughs> him and Corey Graves will go tattoo shopping or something. That I don't know. Happen. Maybe they'll, like, <laughs> they'll just have Enzo and – well, maybe not Corey Graves, but they'll have Enzo and, and go to White Castle, uh, you know, I just, I just don't see it, considering that he's not based in a wrestling sense. Does Enzo this yes or no? We're moving on to the next topic. Does Enzo join Titus Worldwide? Oh God! No. <laughs> no. no. As much as people want, to, first of all, I like Titus' new shirt, and second of all, we're for Kira Tazara. He's I don't this know how. Not- yeah, I. Do it. Do y'all wait, wait, wait. For that, for Kira Tazara, Titus has merch, and that's, we're just talking about it now, huh? 
Titus has merch. Yeah, that yeah. is the number one it's story nice of the year. <laughs> it's it's nice too. Working uh, 2017. It's it's nice. I'm not even gonna fake. It is nice. And Akira Zara is over right now, Mister. I don't know how, but he is. He is over, and it worked for him. Cause Ooh, Enzo, uh, the you, crow, huh? Um, the, the crow, uh, Tazawa. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. See, I don't see it. I just don't see. You know, the, the difference between Enzo and Cass is the fact that Cass wrestles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they needed each other because man, one got a mic piece, one doesn't, one can wrestle, one can't, one has the Vince look, one doesn't. It works as them as a tag team. Moving on to um our next topic of another tag team that's put up, Jason Jordan. And this is another quick little question to throw out. Is this guy a future world champ or is he just a shit waiting to sink? Future world champ. I'll start I'll start with you, D Wayne. Why you got to start with me? Because I'm still trying to generate my thought process. On I definitely put you last on like the last three topics. So. All right, bye. <laughs> hey, look, Jason, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he's, they're trying to make him Kurt Angle 2.0. A lot to live up to. And I don't know if that's the right fit. I don't, I have to see more of his personality. Personality. Right now, it's just like, Okay, what are you? Oh, you're kind of bland. Uh, where's your personality at? Like, when is it going to show? And I guess that's going to take time because he was in tag team for a while. And now he's out on his own, but it's just, I'm still trying to feel him. Is he going to be a future world champ? It just depends on how he develops from the first couple of weeks. I see him mid-card. Mid-card right now. I don't know world champ is... Especially you being on Raw, it's kind of stacked right now. Uh, Dr. M? Uh, I think Jason Jordan is a future Intercontinental champ. Um, I, I mean, I hope he can you know, have a world title run at some point. But uh, like D-Wayne said, I think the mid-card is going to be as, as high as he's going to go. I, to be honest, I think Chad Gable has more potential than Jason Jordan. Maybe not to be a world champ, but I think just long-term potential. Um, Chad Gable is, is the more viable option here. Um, I hope I'm wrong about I like both guys, and I hope they both do well, but I thought it was an interesting choice to put Jason Jordan in this role with Kurt Angle. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, to piggyback off the sentiments of Dr. M, I'm going to say that Chad Gable was the voice of American Alpha in NXT. And, you know, I don't know what to say that Jason Jordan was the muscle, but he definitely, uh, Gable was definitely for the face of that group. And I think that you take that away, and Gable's going to do well, and he's already started to make inroads on its own. But Jason Jordan, his... Is his gimmick right? What is his gimmick right now outside of this um, Maury episode that he's going through? Kurt Angle 2.0. <laughs> is it though? But but that's but that's the problem though because Shelton Benjamin, if he comes back, he's Kurt Angle 2.0. If Jason mm-hmm. Jordan is Kurt Angle 2.0, and then there's a bunch of guys at NXT that look good and are bland as hell that could be Kurt Angle 2.0. So unfortunately. That's not good enough because the revival 
if any one of them wanted to go ahead and, and step and just be more bland, and I say bland not as a bad thing necessarily because whatever, you know, that's what it is. But Jason Jordan doesn't really stand out um, outside of this uh, this episode that he's dealing with. But once this program is up and he's his father and however this shenanigans ends, who is Jason Jordan other other than outside of his relationship with Chad Gable? And that's and that's what I'm saying. Like he doesn't he has I haven't seen enough personality to figure out what is he going to do. I mean, I if you look at him size wise, he has the size, he has the build to do something. It's just a matter of can I see more personality from him? I don't know his personality, therefore I can't really connect right now. And I think that's a, that's something that like. Um, even like remember how they got started in NXT? It was Chad Gable that was the one that was trying to be more endearing and like, hey, no, nah, come on, man. You know, he has the goofy little catchphrase or whatever. So we liked Gable more. And then once they clicked, they just took off like a rocket. So even since NXT, we really haven't seen who Jason Jordan is. I wish they sold that um that hoodie that they had with the um Jordan and Gable hoodie, um track jacket. I need that. I did, I did like that. Yeah, that was, that was hot. But it's like, if you want to say that um, Jordan and, and um, Gable are World's Greatest Tag Team 2.0, okay, cool. That's fine. But at least that's something to compare them to. Aside from that, like, who is he? Because there are just a lot of guys out there that are just great, you know, amateur wrestlers. So what? But Everyone? I... I I hope you, I'll be fine with it. I'll be fine with it soon. And he's going to need it because once this bubble burst with this uh, angle that he's running now, what does he have left? Uh, it's, funny. it's funny because it's actually kind of believable that he's his son because they kind of look alike in a way. <laughs> oh, if you say <laughs> I, I would No, but, um, but okay. <laughs> But considering that Jason Jordan's mom is white, I don't, I don't know how that works out too well as far as Kurt Angle being the father. But um, questions that just really don't have or need answers, I guess. Well, obviously the only person that's legitimately white, but maybe mixed is Vince McMahon because he's the only person in America to ever get away with uh, that racial slander, and no one checked him. Booker T. Well, Booker T's black. <laughs> Doesn't make it okay. Yeah, but any anywho, moving on. Uh, SmackDown Live pretty much have been putting together better matches than <laughs> their SmackDown Live pay-per-views. So um, just a quick question to throw around to you guys. Do you think some of these high-caliber matches such, such as Cena versus Nakamura, which has never happened, obviously a first fantasy all, match, do you think all, that should have been saved for a pay-per-view? First of all, right now. I never expected that to be on live TV. Um, that should have been saved for a pay-per-view. I think that that's a big draw match. And I'm trying to figure out why are they putting all these good matches on cable? Save some for your your PPVs um, and... You know, not have to worry about saying, man, this pay-per-view was horrible from SmackDown. Because, I mean, I've been saying that a lot. SmackDown pay-per-views have been bad. Dot Uh, 
I think if you were, if we were talking about, you know, five, 10 years ago, then I would say, yes, this match should be saved for pay-per-views because pay-per-views meant something back then. But we have so many pay-per-views now that they don't, they don't carry the same importance anymore. So to me, it, it all honestly doesn't matter when the match happens, right? Outside of, <clears throat> outside of the big four pay-per-views, right? Um, I was fine seeing Cena and Nakamura on SmackDown because I think it would have had the same intensity there versus if it was at Battleground. And Giant Crab. I, I think that um, – now, I didn't see the match because why would I watch SmackDown Live? But I don't have a problem with them putting uh, a so-called uh, big-name matchup like that on regular television. Um, you need something to, A, um, keep people interested – in their weekly process leading up to pay-per-view. And B, if this is the first time that happened, it gives you a reason. It does make it special, if you care about these two guys, where you go, I normally don't watch SmackDown Live, but I'll tune in next week because who knows what will happen. And if the matches progressively get better and you give them more time to you know, craft a you know, five-star match instead of a three-star match at a pay-per-view, then good. You, you have to build. And that's what WWE doesn't really seem to uh, to be doing. They're not giving people time to do work. So if Cena versus Nakamura wants to be a thing, cool. I don't know where they're going to go from there um, and how it ended, but it does pique an interest where you go, oh, I should have watched that, but I missed it. And I don't know when it's going to happen again, except it's going to happen 13 Thursdays, uh, Tuesdays in a row from now on. Good enough. Um, streamlining to our next topic, we so you know, we talked about this, um, in the past a little bit. And uh, Jamal has definitely been an advocate for what do we do with Dean Ambrose? Seth Rollins has been, um, on top of the company in the top tier of the company for a while. Uh, like, love his new shirt and uh, love the promo that they got with him for WWE 2K18 as well, too. But they've been kind of rumoring that the shield thing may be happening, a shield reunion, sort of say. And if they absolutely do pull the trigger on this show reunion with maybe the all three of them, you know, who benefits from this the most and who actually doesn't benefit from this? I'll start with you, Dr. Well, I think Roman Reigns doesn't benefit from it for sure. Um, he has established that he can go on his own and sure the fans boo him, but uh, Vince McMahon seems to embrace that at this point and you can't doubt that when he's on TV, people pay attention, right? Whether they pay attention just so they can, you know, scream and boo or if they want to cheer him, right? So I don't think a Shield reunion would work for him. I could see it possibly being beneficial for Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Uh, Dean Ambrose especially, he needs something new. I mean, I think he ultimately needs to be repackaged soon. But Seth Rollins, I would argue he has gotten a little bit stale himself. Yes, he can put on amazing matches um, no matter what day, what show, right? But after the whole Triple H storyline ended, I mean, he, it's kind of gotten a little bland for him. So those two it would benefit. I don't think it would benefit Roman Reigns. Uh, Dwayne. Oh crap! My mute. Yeah, my mute was what's up. Um, do I want to see a shield reunion, and who benefits? 
I, I don't want to see one right now. I don't think there's any point to one right now. I mean, I guess you can see why Seth and Dean are doing it. I mean, I really don't see why. I think it's all creators' fault, and I think they're becoming lazy again. Um, I'm just not into it. I, I'm not into it at all. Not at all. And uh, John Crack. Yeah, I never liked the Shield. Um, I didn't care when they were a thing. I don't care now. Um, I do not like Roman Reigns in any way, shape, or form. So anything that has to do with him, I'm immediately against, unless it's this departure from WWE. Um, as far as Dean Ambrose, I'm surprised that he still has a job there. Honestly, he has grown stale. He's like government cheese. Uh, you just can't get rid of him, and it it doesn't it doesn't digest very well. Um, Seth Rollins needs something to do, and uh, Roman Reigns is should be working at a Walmart. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Roman Reigns has arguably uh, been, you know, which is kind of fitting going into our next topic. He's pretty much been the top at the top of the company. He is the draw. He is the Vince McMahon golden child, um, and he has probably benefited the most from the split. He's main event at WrestleMania three times and um, won the title maybe three times, I think, as well, too. Uh, and he's still in the hot, in the top-tier picture no matter what. I mean, even being suspended from a steroid use, which ultimately got other people fired, he's still here. He's the he's He is the man, so to say. Um, Dean Ambrose does need something to do. So it's kind of intriguing considering that uh, he has been stale, Seth Rollins has been hot. So to bring them all together, which Dean Ambrose was the leader, it, it may benefit him, I think, the most. Um, I definitely think it definitely hurts Roman Reigns the most as well. But on the contrary, Roman Reigns is getting booed. And like Dr. M said, Vince may be embracing that. I think if he if he goes shield, maybe this maybe does turn the tables for him again. And maybe he, he gets the cheers that they ultimately wanted since day one. So um, it could possibly work for Roman Reigns, benefiting him the most, but it may hurt him the most. Uh, but speaking of Roman Reigns, him and John Cena seem to be in a little Twitter beef. Uh, and I, I I don't know what to really make of it because it's just like, you know, they're sticking a the character, obviously, or is Cena sticking a character. But nonetheless, I mean, what, what do we make of this? And like, are we really ready for... Are we ready for this match to happen? Because they're calling each other out. Is this the big money match that we that we want? And do we want it to happen like now? And is this pretty much the passing of the torch to Roman Reigns, who ultimately will be the face of WWE? Uh, D-Wayne. I, I hope not. I you, D-Wayne's got you, it's Roman Reigns. Is you know that's his. Uh, that's no, first of all, that's his baby daddy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Taking this up too far. But let's let's try. <laughs> um, it's you can make this Roman Reigns versus John Cena has to happen. It's just a matter of when. When? Well, well said. You know what? <laughs> I won't be surprised if it happens at WrestleMania next year. I mean, John Cena is a, a free agent, right? He wants to, right? 
Yeah, I'm sure that's in the plans for for how he's being booked. Besides just rating, I'm sure there's some mega match where and and yeah, think about it too. These guys have been totally separated for a long. They've never encountered each other in WWE by any means. Mm-hmm. And now they're starting interest on Twitter, which I said earlier, it's been useful for putting people uh for help people getting their self characters over and and you know starting stuff. But um, continue if you have anything else to add to that. I mean, it's, there's nothing else to add. I mean, <laughs> you're planting the seeds. It's a match that Vince has to let it happen. I mean, it happens to everyone. And we got John Cena over here getting more movies and saying that he only has limited time left. So you, you take those clues and you have a, a Vince guy and Roman pat, to pass the torch to. It's, it's bound to happen. It's just a matter of when. And personally, I think that the more movies John Cena gets into, the less likely he'll be on TV. So uh, I'm thinking the perfect time maybe WrestleMania next year. Jamal? I'll entertain this because I really don't care. And honestly, if, if I'm really um, being honest, whatever gets Cena out of the door faster, I'm for. To have something tomorrow night. If, I'll buy the cake. But Cena, Cena needs to go. Bye. You've done it 15 years. He's done it all. Blah, blah, blah. 16 championships. He, he can go. Roman Reigns getting the torch pass to him. Honestly doesn't deserve it, but whatever. I mean, he unfortunately, he's one of the better things that they have going. Personally, Cena versus Roman in any capacity. I don't care if it's at a Dairy Queen parking lot. That is a bathroom break for me. <laughs> um, so if they if they needs to happen for people, and I know that these are two popular guys, and that, you know this is could be a big, um, you know, money uh, thing. The problem is, who's the heel in this? Cena can't go heel. He's Disney. Roman Reigns can't go heel because we won't let him. It doesn't matter what he does; we'll boo him anyway. So Roman Reigns hasn't officially gone heel. Cena can't. So what? How do you set this up into a um, into a thing? But honestly, do it at the, do it at SummerSlam. Just get him out of here. I'm, just, I'm sick of John Cena. I'm sick of both of them. But John Cena you can go first. And out them. Uh, I think the match will happen, and uh, like D Wayne, I think it will happen at WrestleMania. I think that's the appropriate stage for those two. And I, my hope is that by then Roman Reigns will have gone heel. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I know Vince want him, wants him to be the next face of the company, but for the life of me, I don't understand why they haven't capitalized on the fact that you have so much potential if he's like sort of the cocky jerk heel that he's demonstrated that he can be. That type of heel against John Cena, that would be a match I would want to see, to be honest, at WrestleMania on the biggest stage. Uh, as far as the passing of the torch question, that's probably what Vince is going for. Uh, I don't think a lot of fans see it that way, but um, it seems like that's the story Vince is pushing, and if that's the case, then so be it. Uh, I, but I think it will happen at WrestleMania because, I mean, we're working against time here. Cena, is he, is he in his 40s? He's 40-something, right? Yeah, he, he is um, 40. And so, I mean... Plenty of wrestlers still compete well into their 40s and early 50s, but I think Cena has 
more wear and tear on his body than perhaps most. And so we can't keep stretching this thing out here. Like it has to happen soon. And I think WrestleMania in New Orleans would be the perfect spot. All right. Um, and that will do it for the topic. So you know what it's time for, Jamal? Yep. So uh do we care uh this week? Um just want to keep it short, but there are a couple of things. Uh, the first thing is, uh, do we care that NXT released a um, superstar? I didn't even know. Who was it? Oh, so Does, you well, care. do we care? <laughs> uh, I, care. I mean, I guess I should care now. <laughs> Let's well, say I hear one. Hmm? I, that's two, because I said it too. I'm wondering why we didn't get an update for this person too. Okay, so according to Wrestling Inc., WWE has released NXT wrestler Ho-Ho Loon, who last was seen on TV... Uh, June 28th. Uh, he was eliminated from the Cruiserweight Classic last year by Noam Dar in the second round. Um, the, his last match was versus um, the American Velveteen Dream um, Prince. Uh, yeah, June 28th. <laughs> so that happened. Um, Dude was trash anyway. Can oh. I change my answer? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> well, you you got to live with it now. Um, <laughs> dude was trash. I was ripping him apart in the Cruiserweight Classic. People were really liking him. I'm saying, this is the sloppiest person that's in there. And at one point, I thought he was the youngest. And then I realized it wasn't him. It was Norm Dar. And I was just like, oh, no. Huh? Yeah, I know. I thought he. I thought they were saying he was booked as the youngest person at the time. But yeah, I mean, he had he had nothing going on. And he wasn't good to me, so. Sonar, um, he didn't even get a notification on WWE app, so that's how bad you know he was. Fair, fair enough. Um, <laughs> Braun Strowman and uh, Karen Jarrett, their um, uh, interaction, a little bit more detail has come out about that. Do we care? Yes. No. No. Okay. So, um, uh, I will be there in New York for the um progress show but a wwe match will happen at this progress show do we care yes 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 so jack gallagher versus pete dunn will happen and it will be for the uk championship um pete dunn and uh called out jack gallagher oh no well dunn really doesn't care but gallagher called out pete dunn and said hey why not me why not them and uh the NXT um, Progress guys are going to be doing a bunch of shows in New York the weekend before NXT TakeOver. Um, they go, they're doing two shows, in, uh, one show in Brooklyn on Friday and one show in uh, Queens on Saturday, and then Evolve is after that. So they're going to be a couple guys that are sticking around for that. So get your tickets, man. They're really selling out if you're trying to make it up to, the, uh, to New York this, in two weeks. Um but that is the weekend before SummerSlam. Uh, and the last thing that we may or may not care about is Paige. She has uh, given kind of an update for um, any type of return. Do we care? No. Actually, yes. This seems to be something positive coming from their corner. So, yeah. You yeah. Do we care? Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> we weren't supposed to. Uh, so uh, she revealed on Sirius XM, Busted Open Radio, that she will be returning to WWE soon. 
Um, she doesn't have an exact re uh, return date, but she is waiting to hear back from her doctor undergoing a CT scan during a checkup. Um, she also said that she said this uh, earlier today. Um, she's been out since June of last year with um, a neck injury. Uh, she had neck surgery in October, so her prognosis for the type of surgery that she had, um, she could be on the road back getting back into the ring around now-ish if everything goes according to plan. So it's not out of the realm possibility of seeing Paige before Survivor Series back on TV. Um, where did Paige get drafted to, by the way? She did not. She was injured. Oh, Okay. So where do we put so, her? What do we put her? What do we do with her? Um, I think you put on. I think you put on uh, SmackDown. Bingo! I would love to see a Paige versus Naomi at her top tier right now. Yeah, but match. I think whether it's um, uh, a SmackDown pay per view between Survivor Series and the Rumble, if they have one, I'm sure they have at least two. Um, pull, I think pull. you just have to come out, and because who Naomi doesn't really have to do anything else. Um, Charlotte doesn't seem to be interested in being a 19-time women's champion. Um, <laughs> Lana still gets you know, gets chances for some damn reason. And um, who else is a Bliss, Natalia, whatever you can, you know, it's like shuffling cards. I mean, whatever. We not who cares. But if Paige comes out and says, if Naomi comes out and says, I've beaten everybody, there's nobody left, and Paige's music hits, that'd be a big moment wherever she lands, either SmackDown or Raw. But I hope it's. I hope it's SmackDown because Did I really give, don't have faith in a, in a World Rumble championship. Did anybody get chills from that? No. I, see, I see that being a huge pop. Huge pop. I think also, too, making her a baby face maybe uh, pretty much sweeps all this other stuff under the rug for her. If they give it three or four months before she comes back, which would put her before the end of the year, I say Royal Rumble. If she legitimately has a chance to make it to the uh, to the ring by Royal Rumble, that would be a heck of a buildup throughout December and January to face whatever champion she faces. And I think that would be that would be a pretty cool thing. Now, that also gives you a buffer between now and then to kind of forget about her wet hot crazy summer that she's had. But yeah, yeah, that was that was do we care. All right, so before we wrap up today's episode, um, SummerSlam, which I didn't mention as a topic, so this I guess this is kind of like a topic and a quick just yes or no for everybody. <laughs> well, prediction sort of said, but SummerSlam is being rumored to have thirty matches. How long will SummerSlam be? Well, the official thing is four hours. As of right now, they, they said that SummerSlam is going to be yeah. They said the SummerSlam is going to be four hours, and it's going to be a two-hour pre-show. So six hours. The show itself is four hours, but if you want to see, you know, Cedric Alexander and um, Alicia Fox and a watermelon, you know, wrestle it, duke it out, that'd be on the pre-show. <laughs> two-hour pre-shows is absolutely bananas to me. But <laughs> so, okay. Well, anyway. Uh, that will do it for our show tonight. Um, again, make sure you guys, if you want to catch our live episodes, step over to our YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Um, we got a lot of interesting stuff coming up in the future. Some interviews, some exclusive interviews uh, from some hot indie talent all over the United States. So definitely be tuned, uh, stay tuned for that. 
and um because you never know when we're going to hit us our weekly episodes is thursday but you know we got to accommodate the people that we're interviewing so you you never know what time we may uh go live so again for me for dr m for the giant crab and for d wayne thanks for tuning in tonight and we'll catch you guys for our next episode next week